Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So, let us begin. Look what you have made. So, this final 20 starts off where Palpy is all-powerful. He has uh, his new suit on, and he is going to shoot lightning right through the sky. So he has the roof opened up in his Exegol cavern, and he starts to electrocute all of the rebel ships, disabling them, and as they kind of fall into nothingness. Uh, Ben wakes up from being knocked out. Uh, Palpatine throws him up in the air with the Force and then throws him down a convenient cliff. And then... Ray, looking up at the stars, starts to hear the voices of every Jedi before her. They give her the encouragement to rise up and defeat the Sith. And so she uh, uses two lightsabers to deflect uh, Palpatine's evil. It kind of blasts back on him. His face melts away and he is killed uh, again. And uh, so uh, Ray kind of has to hold the might of this defeat for several beats until Palpatine is gone. But when he is gone, that takes all of the strength out of the galactic battle that's happening too. And very quickly, the resistance wins uh, what they're up to. Although then there comes like quite a lot of fallout. So like suddenly there's just like raining star destroyers everywhere and we have to get out of the way. We got to rescue Finn, who's not aboard one of ours right now. Meanwhile, Ray has exerted so much energy that she uh, collapses to the ground. And uh, luckily, then a hand reaches out of the pit where Ben Solo has been tossed and he climbs to her rescue. Yes, so Ray is dead and Ben Solo realizes this. He decides he's going to try and return the favor and transfer the life that she transferred to him. And he is able to awaken her. He transfers force life within her. Um, and then they free- get to meet for the first time, where Ben Solo gets to meet Ray. Uh, he's been kind of trapped under the Kylo Ren persona. Uh, they kiss, and then he dies. Uh, he falls down and disappears, uh, as well as his mother, back on Adrian Kloss. Uh, our heroes uh, leave Exegol as the Star Destroyers rain down, as you said. Uh, they all find their way back to Agent Kloss, where they hug it out. Uh, and then Ray flies to the Lars homestead to pay respect to the Skywalker family, buries both the Luke and Leia's sabers, uh, looks on at their Force ghosts, and takes uh, Skywalker as her chosen name when a stranger asks. And ends that saga by staring off at the dual sunset of Tatooine, mm. which... I mean, let, let's start with something positive. It's a beautiful final shot for the saga. Yes. Yes, it is. It, it is a really nice final shot. Uh, it's interesting because uh, like BB-8's had a lot. It, it, his ownership is, is very curious. I know. I uh, wondered about that too. He's so clearly posed droid in the first movie. Then he becomes close with Ray in the first movie. He's kind of still posed droid at the start of this movie because they're fighting over BB-8, yeah. but he's gone on this pilgrimage with Rey, which I guess companionship, and she also flies an X-Wing fighter there, so I, maybe it makes sense that she brings like a protocol droid of sorts with her. Not a protocol droid, but like a an R2-D2-esque type droid with her. Um, an astromech. An astromech. And, but specifically, he uses R2 in the final battle too. He doesn't even use BB-8. Yeah, it's like they tried to reallocate uh, belonging, which is yeah. very bizarre. I also kind of feel like they stripped BB-8 of some of his personality after Force Awakens. Oh, yeah. He's very characteristic in the first movie, and he's just kind of been watered down since then. Yeah, he was uh, he was used frequently in The Last Jedi, but I didn't like the usage. Um, I didn't like his role on Canto Bite, and that was where he did play a large role. So we don't have a whole lot of story to go over here because... 
we were already well on our way with the Palpatine confrontation in our last 20. And so all that really, all that really remains is him opening up the sky, electrocuting every single uh, resistance starship above, which is a pretty cool moment. And I really like in particular, I was going to say, I really like when he kind of breaks the sound barrier in doing so. Nothing will stop the return of the Sith. It's a good cinematic moment. And then it's quite good when Ray is looking up at them too. But then he dies so quickly that you don't even really have time to truly feel his menace. Mm. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Yeah. He uh, he's able to completely just chuck Ben Solo. He's able to drain all the life force out of the both of them, and um, he's able to essentially electrocute everything within the sky. Yeah. But then that electricity can be blocked by a lightsaber. But then it can be like really double blocked by a second one. And so uh-huh. it's apparently you're then not allowed to stop electrocuting somebody else. And so much so that uh, if you also move your hands forward a little bit, it blows off your hood and then your head starts to disintegrate a la Voldemort. It doesn't really uh, seem to be very well uh, no. backfed, this particular mechanic. So the Colosseum is filled with all the dead Sith of history. Is that correct? Yeah, so and there is a lot of things that actually this 20, I have no issue with. And I'm giving a lot of shit to, um, like, I don't like the way Palpatine dies. I don't like the use of the two sabers. I think that is stupid. Um, I, I, I don't have an issue with, with Ray being strong enough to be able to, to take down Palpatine. Uh, and I don't have an issue with the way that it's her kind of summoning the might of all the Jedi before her. I think that that makes a lot of sense within the Force and... Had it been expanded upon, I think it would have been a little bit better, but I can kind of expand upon it within my mind, and that's something that's always wonderful with Star Wars. And that um, kind of that monologue that she sh- that uh, the Jedi speak to her, uh, being in tune with the Force, uh, simply a Jedi allows the Force's will to be exerted in reality. Right. Um, and thus, that's what a Jedi does by utilizing the Force, but bidding its will as opposed to curbing it to selfishness. And so by Ray doing so, Ray is will she is able to speak on behalf of the force. She's able to act on behalf of the force. However, all of the people who are speaking to her have become one with the force. Yeah. So if the force and Anna, if Anakin Skywalker is one with the force and Ray is able to in reality, almost become one with the force, then it makes sense that she can be able to summon all that strength. And, and that's and that's great. I really do like that. Um, but that is not the way it is portrayed uh, at all. And that it, it, using like a like a double strength thing, like that's that's weird because then also it goes back to I'm all the Sith, which um, Sith are robustly more powerful. Um, but yeah, the Coliseum thing, I, I think it's okay. It's almost like Sith alchemy is like, they're not really there, but they kind of are. It's almost like the, what are the they chanting? graves. What is the chant uh, that they're saying? They're d- speaking some Sith language. Oh. And so they're likely chanting to, like they're, this is like Sith hell kind of right. uh, the ability to access hell. It's kind of the way I view it. It's not, but it is a planet. Um, and this is an interesting kind of thing because it's, it's corrupted. And so, the Sith have allowed their kind of souls to go there, but it's just shells of souls. They're not anything. 
Um, they kind of pass that all along to the living human. Hence the reason why Palpatine is so strong and that he's just kind of sucking on the will, like the souls of, of all who have come before him, kind of. That's kind of the way I view it. Right, and the spiritual Jedi inverse of that is what you were just saying about when when Ray exactly. get, gets the the little little vision, the little audible vision message from from all these other Jedi before her. And so we are teased in the beginning of this movie her um, chanting the mantra "Be with me." And so it's, I don't like that. I'm not crazy about it either. But does this imply to us that this is something she was learning from Leia? That like she's she's aware of this this power where you can communicate with all of the ex Jedi whom you never knew. Well, that's the thing that's always curious is who has known this before and how come the only Jedi who communicated were back to the age of Qui-Gon? Yeah. Was Qui-Gon the first who's ever learned it? Uh, we've also learned there are some other people who have been able to come one with the Force um, who have not seen as Force ghosts but have potentially um, been able to come one with, it, one with the Force in other ways and not necessarily portraying in a physical manifestation um, as Qui-Gon can't in all circumstances, but like Yoda seems to be able to do like fucking any, anything and same with Luke in that right. regard. Right. So it does seem to be varying levels of like, whether you're like, you're like a Force ghost supreme or like Force gross light, like whether or not you have <laughs> the ability to access all the, right. like, the, the, the hero stats, whether you can get those like upgrades. Uh, <laughs> so belt. Yoda's, yeah, Yoda's a black belt in his Force ghost prowess. Uh, but I thought that was kind of interesting. And so the ability to tap in with that, but she's, she's learning from the texts with some teaching from Leia. And so it makes some sense, but why is that stuff in the texts? And that goes back to my same question on Force healing of, like, is it, if this is something that's so rare, um, that's the only way that you can allow this to continue in Star Wars without it ruining all like all storytelling in previous and, and, and moving forward. That if Jedi can just save each other from death yeah. um, or, or do anything along those lines, um, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting. Maybe it was something that was a, a specifically like a banned thing to learn. And Jedi were not supposed to learn it. Um, and that's why it was the secret ancient text that she got it from. I, I really don't know, because maybe it's an attachment thing. If someone's supposed to die, then that's the will of the Force, and don't bring them back to life. Like, to be I fair, though, to be fair, the cheating of death is teased at in the very first Star Wars movie when he says, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. In 1977, yes. people don't understand what that means until Empire Strikes come, Strikes Back comes out, and you can see that he's, well, we learn what a Force ghost is for the first time. And well, that's also... Luke after he dies. It is, but it's also mirrored... Uh, in this movie by Palpatine having come back more powerful than he ever was. And is there, if we're, if we're looking at a, a stark dichotomy between the Sith and the Jedi in this scene in particular, is there an argument meant to be made that her using two lightsabers to deflect the evil back onto Palpatine is a Jedi version of the rule of two? No, I think that's a big reach. Yeah. It's a leap. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think it's, I think it's just, I think it's kind of hokey. Uh, to be honest, the main the main reason why I realized this ending bothers me so much is because it has too many things that are mirroring the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Revenge of the Sith it has no ending like Return of the Jedi. No. And like this, like this movie has is trying to capitalize on a lot of those things. And it just fails on the climax of the mirroring point. Yeah, but Luke revenge throwing away his lightsaber and Ray like pulling the lightsaber to her to deflect it back, that is less Jedi-esque than 
like previously, like summoning all their power. It, it, it's, it, it doesn't seem. I know, but what, like the what, way it should end. What you're for describing the Jedi though, defeating the Sith is very explainable because both Rise of Skywalker and Return of the Jedi are movies that are meant to end a series, whereas Revenge mm. of the Sith has the luxury of not ending neatly. Yes. It shouldn't. It was never going to, and so yeah. it it's easy for it not to fit into that nice yeah. little uh, little category. But that's why this movie had such um, such high stakes. Yeah. It, it, it required you to be able to deliver on closure because, I mean, I've been thinking all about it. It just, I don't see any way in which you can make an episode 10 that is that is part of the Skywalker saga. You can continue it on, but it, it, it's not the same. It doesn't Emperor feel as, pa doesn't because feel like now it's, em the, it, well, Emperor Palpatine is the thread though now. Yeah. And because he doesn't, like he just randomly comes back in this movie without really a given like enough foreshadowing to previous moments it it, it always leaves you with the thought of oh if we return back to anything skywalker-esque i'm just going to assume that palpatine's behind it still yeah but now you're getting hung up on the blood of skywalker like the whole point of this movie was to show that skywalkers can go on forever well yeah and that's and that's uh, i get that completely um well Yes and no. I don't want to like have it like necessarily be like a mantra, like like the the Skywalker of your generation sort of thing. That would be kind of no. Weird. That's not like, what I mean. Get... I just mean that like Ray is now she yes. is the she is the last Skywalker. Yeah. Um. And and you know if there's more Skywalkers beyond her, the people she trains, the family she finds, I guess we may or may not ever know the end of that story. But like the it, the Skywalker story is not over as long as there's still a Skywalker out there, and you have to accept that she is one. Yeah, that's that's fair, but then whatever you're gonna, whatever you start back up, it, it, it's it's got how how can it link back to any of the uh, first two trilogies? I don't know. I mean, except for that, uh, it'll have some of the same people. But you could make the same argument about the Force Awakens. Like the the story was over, and then they just kind of jogged up the story again with some of the same people you already know. That's true, but you can't do that again. You can because it's because then the Luke and Leia and Han are Ray and Poe and Finn who did survive. You just introduce a new protagonist, and these are the oldies. But no, but the, what's the 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 villain? That's the that's the key thing, though, because that's what's now united these. So now you're going to have a saga of twelve. Just like, I'm not I'm not saying it can't be like I'm. What I'm saying is that whatever you start next will start a completely new era. And whatever the villain is, will show a clear differentiation between these nine movies, like, unless you bring Palpatine back. No, but that's and, that's exactly what I'm saying. Is I, I disagree, and I'm not saying that this is a good idea. I'm just saying they did do that with the Force Awakens. The Empire was over, and they yes, created they mean, created yes. the First Order, and then they found a back route to make it connected to Palpatine, and. I guess they will never reconnect Palpatine because that would be really ludicrous. But like we were on board with them. Oh, by the way, there's a thing that's just like the Empire, but it's called the First Order when we watched The Force Awakens. We climbed on board. Yes. However, that's because they opened up so many mystery boxes. Yeah. It was not unbelievable for Palpatine to come back. I, it made a lot of sense. It, I was not surprised at all. 
I was surprised at how poorly they integrated it and that it wasn't like if if you really want to make him like but don't just give me I'm every voice you've ever heard inside your head and then a, a tank full of Snokes. Right. I do need a little bit more than that to connect it to the previous two movies. And so if we are to continue on this this saga with an episode 10, I'm not saying it like it's it can still be an episode 10 in that regard. But I think the the element of the Skywalker side of it, I don't know if it necessarily makes sense anymore. Like, what is it? Is like, is it the saber or is it Ray? What is the continuation? Well, the saber's because, gone now too. Well, no, that's what, in my opinion, makes the most sense. The yeah. most sense is for you to pick up and make episode ten. Uh, there have been. 80 years or there have been 100 years of peace and um, you are introduced characters who find those lightsabers. We know that lightsaber crystals call to people. Ray has had it called the lightsaber called to her. They're buried. That's something that can make sense. You can hear it. And like, so, like that's, you can start a new story there, but that's, you're not going to then randomly have that person find Ray again, or are you? And then that's going to kind of make her the force awakens. But what like, about that? Like a, there's so many, it's it's a lot of questions. What about that buried package of two lightsabers that she that mm. she returned to the to the Lars homestead? Like, how buried are they? I wasn't so convinced they weren't being essentially like destroyed, like to like returned to the earth in a symbolic way. Like, do you think those are findable existing yes. sabers still out there in the mud? In my opinion, that is the best ending piece like because like when you look at the end of return of the jedi the loose threads are well what will leia become what will luke become yeah what will like what will become of the galaxy well we kind of already had that and then you rehash that original trilogy by giving us a very very similar version well what are we supposed to do then be given another trilogy where we're supposed to be like okay you did this to us before right like, like well, okay, what's going to happen to Finn? What's going to happen to Ray? Like Finn is your Leia, Ray is your Luke. It's like it's everybody's fitting in the same slots, and so it, it's really like paint by numbers, and it's it makes it so. How are you going to continue this on in a way that isn't too uh, too much of just the exact same shit again? Let's talk about Ben Solo, who is nonverbal for this uh, this final twenty. Um, he is really wonderful he just has like a yeah. good presence uh his good physicality one of the great shots of the movie is him holding the the dead ray and then he brings mm. her back and his also his collapse is very graceful like when he dies he's, and she kind of just catches him i have always been pro kiss i know it's kind of a weird controversial thing but in a way there's a long history of weird kisses in star wars yep. and so it kind and of checks, checks that box too i think it's just symbolic of of the unity between these two souls and um, yeah I, I like his ending although i would like to see him as a force ghost on tatooine if we're going to incorporate him i think we have to incorporate everybody who came to her in that final moment and that would be fine with me <laughs> um but we didn't get that it's interesting i totally agree yeah that yes he should have been there on tatooine but i i can make peace with it in one way and that would be that he needs to be a force ghost when like if we ever get a ray force ghost we need to immediately get a ben solo force ghost yes because that is the only way we can justify like that he his his soul will not be at peace because he gave the last of his life to ray and he lives on in her in that regard um and yeah. so 
that's a way that that can work and that his force ghost can come in that way. I don't like it as much as it would have been nice to have it there. I'm not and clear I think on that how, that's, one... how that's different. Like she was Ray on Tatooine. Like if, if he's bonded to her, you'd think he could have come to her. No, I mean that like they're like one in the same. Oh, I see. And that like she needs like he gave like she still has his life in her to keep her going sort of thing oh that's actually i like that a little bit and they are the dyad yeah exactly and so that's why it makes sense and that's why it makes complete sense that their ability to force heal can work but then how the fuck does ray heal the snake yeah or, or how Baby Yoda heals stuff for that matter. Ba- like, but then that's like once again, Baby Yoda, Ray, Kylo Ren. That's a level of force power that I can understand that would be able to do it. But then why is it in the textbooks? Yeah. If it's that much of a high level, like, it, it seems odd. And it's 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 just I I want to know more about those goddamn texts. But then you know they weren't page turners, and Luke <laughs> burned a lot of them. Oh, no, he didn't burn any of them. Ray got, got them out, which was good. As long as we're nitpicking this final Tatooine sequence, I, I do have questions about who this old granny is. There's been no one for so long. Who are you? It's interesting to me that she's, like, presumably so far from civilization on her own, or it's actually not that far, in which case... This land would have been reclaimed by now. Like, do people just, she says there's been no one for so long. But, like, is this, like, a known area that she comes to for, like, every now and then? And if so, why hasn't it been reclaimed? My guess and my, I, actually, when I was trying to find out who she was, there was this super, super old lady uh, I saw. And I was like, oh, that's the, like, old lady. I forget her name now. Um, the old lady who's friends with Anakin from the market in the, in the Phantom Menace. Okay. And so I just thought, like, oh, this is like her, her, like, her, her daughter as an old lady or something. Is <laughs> there any? Uh... Just, I think it's like a neighbor. That that's like it's somebody like they're in rural, rural, rural area. Right. But even in rural areas, you have maybe a couple neighbors. Okay, so you know how this movie does feature one, not exactly a force ghost, but one return vision from someone who was never force sensitive, and that's Han Solo when he comes to yes to to Ben Solo. Um, this this is crazy, but it's also the rise of Skywalker, and I wouldn't put it past them. And maybe there's a, a a nice poetic way to do it. If that old lady is Shmi Skywalker spiritually, the first Skywalker coming to the last Skywalker to be like, "There's been no one for so long. Who are you?" And she says, "I'm Ray Skywalker." It's, it's not though. <laughs> no, I know. I know. It's that's not my theory. I'm just saying. Like, what if they had written that? Like, is that the worst thing in the world? Yeah, that wouldn't make any sense. It's nothing makes sense. It's Star Wars. I'm asking you to consider the implications no, but, of this. No, but like, how like is she a a Force Ghost too? I'm just what saying. I'm just saying. Like, no, not a Force Ghost. Just like symbolically, just like this. Ray has a vision of this woman. No, no, no. Because it was a Han was a memory. I realize that, but she has Ray, all she has all the Jedi in her. Yeah, but she doesn't have like nah, she doesn't. Ah, she has all the Jedi in her. She heard from Anakin. There's something in there. Well, no, but that doesn't mean that she like. Hmm. I am Anakin, so you're thinking hmm, about this that too means literally. I know I have a mole on my upper left thigh. You're thinking about this Ooh, too like literally. 
I don't know. I think you kind of are in terms of having all of somebody's like memories and thoughts and understandings in that regard. I'm just she's, saying. Shree Skywalker was nobody. I'm not talking about the force. Just just the way she wasn't nobody. No, she wasn't. She was chosen to bear the chosen one. She's the Virgin Mary. Yes. And uh, not in a force sense, just in a ghost story sense, could this woman who had a horrible life still kind of be haunting the... And maybe that's partly why Tatooine is kind of a sore spot for the Skywalker history. She's like still trapped there because of her horrible existence. And she just, you know, she just walks up and down the desert day by day, this ghostly woman. So she just, she took some time off and waited for um, Baru and Owen to also die before she started to haunt the place. Well, why not? It was occupied. I mean, hell, it would make more sense if it was the ghost of Baru in that regard. One of our thousands of listeners is going to is going to tweet that that I'm right about this. Someone's uh, going to get on board with me here, because uh, the more right. you fight it, the more I like it. Doesn't make any sense. Oh, give me a break. You know what doesn't make sense? Uh, the the weird relationship between Jana and Lando. Where are you from, Jana? The gold system. What about you, kid? Oh, I don't know. Well, let's find out. Uh, it's so dumb. They don't need to have this weird on a log conversation. <laughs> it's true. Um, like where, hey, you want to go on a little space adventure? Where are you from, kid? Like, it's just like, let's, it's so cheesy and unnecessary yeah. and... And you're right. It's it, like it they're feels hinting. Straighter, it feels straighter to solo. It's like you're right. It's like they're hinting at, and then they went on to have many more father daughter day trips. Yeah, it's just it's so unnecessary, and it's like, oh wow, you cut some shit out because there's also yeah. te- canonically they're not related. However, everything points to that was something that they decided to change at the last fucking minute. Right. I mean, they were the same color scheme. Uh, they both shoot bow and arrows in the movie. Um, she didn't know where she was from. His daughter was abducted to be a stormtrooper. It's pretty obvious she, who she was supposed to be. So that's a heartwarming moment, although it feels quite small. It doesn't feel quite like the 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 grand. Um, it, it, frankly, it's not even as gratifying as like the really ceremonial ending to A New Hope. But I think of the way Return well, of the, a great ending. The way Return of the King ends. Um, you know, like friends you bow to no one. Like you get this like really emotional, like ceremonial thing where I realize everybody just lands and they want to hug, but it it's just too quick to be the the celebration after all of Star Wars. And there's a lot of problems with it. And and that's one of them, the the Lando Jana thing. Um uh oh there of course there's, there's, there's no talking Chewie's metal too. Chewie's metal is, is yeah, pretty the metal's dumb. It's really dumb. It's a it, it's it's misguided and it's and it's cheap uh fan service. Absolutely. And you know what? I know we always say that Zori's a wasted character except she looks cool. I don't even think she that... looks cool. She looks like a Power Ranger. <laughs> I I actually think that's a, gr- a great little exchange the the facial expression and then like the head lean. Yeah, he's I, I good. Oh, yeah, but I think that's a good encounter. But, yeah, Zori's a very unnecessary character. Uh, the helmet's unnecessary because she doesn't need it nope. in any way, shape, or form. But then again, neither did, like, Boba Fett. And so I'm okay with it because it's Star Wars-y. I'm not okay with it in that she was 
like completely unnecessary. Babu Frick was the only one that matters to that story. Well, you don't they, need Zori. At least they build in uh, a storyline later where we understand why Boba Fett was wearing his helmet. Like it's it's yeah. the Mandalorian culture. But like, oh, it wasn't a Mandalorian. I realize that, but like, you're not going to split up that suit. It's the no. sickest helmet you've ever owned. Uh, whereas <laughs> hers is just like it. It looks like a Power Ranger outfit, and it's hot pink. Yeah, it's uh, it's not the best. It's not the best. Quotes. Uh, quotes. I have three written down. Not a whole uh, lot. Palpatine. Uh, it's not. Oh no, that's. I have two. Never mind. Yeah. That was uh, an old line that I said. A placeholder. Uh, Let your death be the final word in the story of rebellion. That's good. And and Ray's Ray Skywalker, which I don't even really like. It's just it's a notable line. Are you not a fan of "As once I fell, so falls the last Skywalker"? Oh shit! That must have been where I had the placeholder, and that was where I was going to put that other one. Yes, yep. that must have been the other line that I intended to write. Even, yes, even uh, his first that's... line of the twenty, uh, "Look what you have made." Is I mean, really everything that he says has a certain gravitas to it because it's Palpatine. Look what you have made is good. Too. Yeah. Um, title of the episode. What do you want to make title of the episode? I think I think it's Ray Skywalker or be with me or or the story of rebellion. I would prefer the story of rebellion. Than okay. Be with me. All right. That works for me. Uh, I don't no, like be with me at all. There's really no other. I mean, it's just not a dialogue heavy uh, 20. Nope. Um, well, I guess let's do some trivia questions. It's kind of tricky to come up with trivia. I have a feeling I've got a handful. I have a feeling that uh, you'll you'll have one of the same questions as me. Um, Padawan question how did Dominic Monaghan secure his role in this film he asked JJ not quite he won a bet the two of them because they're pals really? right? So they're, they're friends they made a bet on the World Cup and he's like if I win this bet you gotta put me in Star Wars he should have just put him in either way yeah, he's, a good, he, he's good casting he was probably I, 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 yeah I mean if they're gonna continue uh, the galaxy beyond the rise of Skywalker point or even fuck, make it like a five-year, like make it a two-year prequel to The Force Awakens. Give us a show with Dominic Monaghan. That'd totally. be great. Yeah, he sounds cool. Yeah, he sounds. Doing cool. Billy Lord there as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, who dies aboard the Tantive Four? Can you remind me what the Tantive Four is? That's the first ship, and and that is the the blockade runner. That's the Corvette. That is oh, yeah, Leia's okay. ship. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know then. Although it does kind of look like it's hurtling to its doom at one point. Do we know for sure that this ship survives? It, no, it doesn't. That's it doesn't. what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, who, who, yeah. who dies aboard it? Uh, I, I don't know. It, it is a famous pilot from that trilogy as well. Yeah, I think I can. Is It's not the like the weird monkey looking guy, is it? It is. Oh, yeah. What's his name? Nina. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, a night question. What color is the ribbon of the medal that Maz gives to Chewie? Oh, wow. I should know this one. That's really why I'm asking you. Because it's like, it doesn't seem like a thing you'd commit to memory. Because when you when it's on screen, you stare at the medal, not the ribbon. Yeah. Um, everything in my head is saying it's blue, but I could be wrong. See, I always said white. And it's gold. It's just gold like the, the medal oh, itself. Oh, really? Which doesn't look great when you look at it. No, just everything in my head... I just pictured it around Luke and Han's next, actually, and that's where I thought it was blue. Right. So to be clear, that is Han's medal, right? It's not the medal that Chewie was always due. No, it is Han's medal. Right. Yeah, and that is something that I'm sure was not what J.J. intended the first time he wrote it. Right. But when Dave Filoni visits set and, and has to go through the script to make sure everything is canonically plausible, mm. uh, this will mean that. 
and they'll just go with that regard. And Wookiees don't care about institutional gratification. Is that why he doesn't get a medal? No, he had one. He um, gave it away, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, or or yeah, he, he he just didn't care. This he, the only reason why he cares about this one uh, and this is something you can't extrapolate directly from the moment, but it's because, of course, it reminds him of Han. Now, going back to the moment where the, the Corvette goes down, and it, it looks like, I mean, they have won at this point, but like I mentioned in the recap, like it's kind of insane, and they have to like pick up their guys in GTFO. They, yeah. had, a, they had a really clear moment, a clear opportunity to kill Finn. And I think that might have been the right thing to do. Like, Poe swoops down, and Lando's like, yeah, we got him. And I guess that's good, but like just to add a little bit of melancholy to the end of this movie would have maybe been correct. I don't agree. Uh, I think there are other opportunities to kill somebody and there are other characters to kill. I think after Finn survived uh, the end of The Last Jedi, you couldn't kill him in this movie. That was my decision in the sense of it, it would have been... It sucked, and I, I, I was a hundred percent. I was convinced he was dying in the Last Jedi the first time I watched. It, yeah, okay. Uh, before Rose miraculously like puts on like the nitrous and is able to catch up, turn right. sideways, and then take him out, and then both survive. But that would have been the only time in which it would have been acceptable. You can't have him have the heroic moment, have it stolen from him, and then die in a less heroic moment um, because he he didn't need to die in that regard. They were able to pull it off and. Unless you want to convey that there are foolish deaths in war. Yeah, you can, but that's not who you do it with. Uh, yes. And then you go back to the reason why George didn't wouldn't kill Han. Right. Um, and that's because this is a fairy tale. And this is the ending and the good guys win. Uh, okay, do you have a Jedi Knight question for me? I do. Uh, who speaks to Rey the most in her vision? Or voice, listen, whatever. What are we going to call that? Uh, I you, I have also written down the word vision just because I couldn't think of anything else. Just her, her. I, I call it her voice vision in my yeah. question here. Um, is it Anakin Skywalker? It is. Rightfully, it is Anakin. Okay, well, th <laughs> this takes me to my master question. Uh, there are 10 voices heard in the Be With Me vision. Name, oh. name them. Okay. I, I could probably do this. Let's see. Uh, Yoda, Anakin, Luke, Obi-Wan... Kanan, Ahsoka, Adi Gallia, Luminara Unduli, Mace Windu, Ayla Secura. And I was actually in 11th because I didn't write down Luke, which was really stupid. Can okay. You, can you think um, of the 11th? It's, oh, Qui-Gon. That's right. characters in there which is kind of nice 
Yeah, Freddie Prince is that's actually a really nice one because uh, Kanan did not um, when he died, he didn't become one with the Force in the same kind of way, and since he couldn't manifest himself, but he did manifest himself um, at, in uh, and in another way to be able to kind of help his friends uh, beyond the grave and showing that he is still one with the Force, although not capable in the same capacity to be a force ghost and so i thought it was nice in connecting that here so that that does make a fair amount of sense in my opinion it's so. interesting that they got away with including some of these voices in there that that wasn't kind of quashed for the interest of like dumbing down star wars well you know what one of the like most egregious things is is that they went out of their way to pick maybe a, a couple unnecessary like maybe a couple niche c uh, yeah. female Jedi and to give a decent male female balance. Mm. And then they go out of their way in the subtitles to call them female Jedi. Oh, shitty. They have names. They have names. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, they've gotten in like some serious shit about that. And then I still watched it on YouTube and on YouTube because I have uh, YouTube premium. So I, I bought it through there and I was watching it there. And so it's still that way on YouTube. It has a couple of them, but uh, I think uh, Eddie Gallia and I think Ayla Secura and Luminara, I think none of them, I think they were just female Jedi. Was and there any talk about them? Shitty. Was there any talk about them fixing that? Like if I checked on Disney Plus? I think it's, I, I had heard that it was fixed. Okay. And so I assume that it's fixed on Disney Plus. But like there are like, it, it would have made more sense to have like a Coyote Mundi in there as well, probably. Oh, but then again, they didn't, they didn't put Leia in there. And so that would have made some sense. It would have for sure. Yeah. Um, although her soul wasn't fully at rest until, until Ben's was as well. Do you um, have anything else you want to say about this 20? Oh, wait, we didn't do your master question yet. Uh, yeah, actually my master question was going to be, I didn't expect you to actually get me to that. I was going to say name, uh, the female ones is what oh, I was going to get you okay. to do. Yeah. And I was going to say, if you can name three of them, I'll be pleased. <laughs> and then there's four only, but, um, so just a few final things for the 20. Uh, actually one thing I did have written down here, um, and it is an explanation. The reason as to why the lightsabers were, this is what Chris Terrio said. So he wrote it. So that's fair. Um, that the lightsabers were buried together on Tatooine was because the twins were separated at birth. Oh, and it was okay. them, it was putting them together. However, Leia never went to Tatooine unless, except for that time that she became a slave to Jabba the Hutt. Uh, and Luke absolutely fucking hated Tatooine. So yeah. Yeah, I, I, that didn't really work in, in the end, oh, in my opinion. And, and so like Chris Terrio does love Star Wars and he has a th thought to all, a lot of the things. I just don't, uh, and so I respect that, but I just, don't agree with a lot of the shit that what he I, does. <laughs> I think we have to come back to what you were saying that Bryce Dallas Howard had said recently about about understanding the difference between how you interpret Star Wars and how Star mm. how factual Star Wars is, or what what is fundamentally true about it. And and there's a lot of gray area in there. And and, yep. and just because you don't agree with it doesn't mean it's wrong, and 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 vice versa. Just because he put it in there doesn't mean it's right. No, and absolutely. Yeah, I think and, and there's a few, and that would be an example of something that I would say is is absolutely um a preference thing. I think yeah. there are some things in this movie that are egregious and inexcusable. This is absolutely one of those things that's just like a sort of a preference thing. Sure. Well, and I think uh, I think because this movie is about fan service in many ways, uh Tatooine is important to us. Yes. Way more important to us. And, and another reason as to why it's so book closing I, yes. and i wasn't expecting to, to be as book closing mm. and to get not as much closure 
Right. And so that's where the kind of the, the miscommunication was for me. You know, we did forget uh, an important quote in this movie when they went back to Tatooine. We get a, a distant shot of the, of the, what's the big rolling uh, Jawa? Uh, a sand crawler. A big sand crawler. And we can hear a, dis- we can hear a distant, Wootini. Yeah. Which is a classic, classic, classic line. What does Wootini translate to? Has anybody ever like translated that into... Oh, basic. I'm sure. And I don't remember. Yeah. And I'm sure we even, I bet you that's a trivia question we have in the, uh, a new, in like one of our first six episodes. It wouldn't shock me. Yeah, it would not I, blow my mind. Can I just say, as long as you're talking about the backlog, we started doing this podcast together two and a half years ago. And before our first episode, I went out and I bought this white scribbler that you've seen me uh, carry yep. with every single podcast. Uh, I've used it for every single one. It has an enormous amount of Star Wars observations and questions uh, mm. good and bad inside. It's my entire brain of Star Wars, this book. And this is the last podcast we're doing on the Skywalker saga. And the book is done. Look at that. Whoa, it's the last well page. Timed. I don't know how that worked out so well, but it's very symbolic and cool. So it, it, really it is cool. literally book closing, as you just said. Damn, that was well, that was well put. I know. Uh, a couple other funny things to, to point out. Uh, the Star Destroyer genocide at the end. When they blow up the lead one, they're all sitting ducks. And these things are fully staffed. Yeah. And they can't defend themselves. No. And they just murder millions and millions of people sure. without like them having any defenses or deflectors or anything. It makes like what Luke Skywalker did on the Death Star look like uh, somebody who accidentally pushed somebody over. It's jaywalking. They, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it is the same. It is, it is like, it's the same principle. No, no Luke it, was being chased down by a thing that was going to blow up. I know it is kind of principally, but they were sitting ducks. They, that was like the, you, uh, you were disarmed and then they still shot them in the head. But you can't leave the number two alive to start a new uprising. No, that is definitely true. I'm not going to start defending the first order here. Um, <laughs> this is something that was, I thought was actually really, really interesting. It makes me want to learn a ton more about Exegol. Yeah. And I, I never noticed it until this viewing. The entire atmosphere is because of the dark side. Okay. The, the planet, the weather completely clears when Palpatine dies. That's cool. I didn't notice it before, but it completely clears. That's It really turns cool. to daytime. Wow. They leave and it's daytime. You're right. It doesn't look weird at all. That's it's, very good. So it's a really interesting thing. And like those are the kind of mysteries of Star Wars that I love. And I think that that's like, I think Exegol, there's some problems with it because of how many new things it opens up. But at the same time, I like some of those mysteries and that's totally okay. The mysteries of the Sith are sometimes best left unsolved. Hey, I've always thought that. Is that Um, all you got? uh, One other thing I do have to say based on the cross lightsabers, there is a point as well after when Palpatine is so weak that he does stop shooting the light thing from his hands yeah. and it just comes from the lightsabers. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Ray, I don't know. She created a signal path. I, yeah, I got, but under those circumstances, how is it different than striking me down in anger? Cause she seems kind of angry. No, there is a gray area there. Isn't there? Yeah it, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really work. She and still kills him. It's a bummer. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Viciously. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he deserves it, but I mean, no one's arguing that. As once I fell, so falls the last Skywalker. I have to compliment just how evil Palpatine looks. Sure. He looks incredible. 
um, the Vader chest plate as his belt. That's mm-hmm. a really cool feature. What about her using the sand sled in in? I like Lars's, that. I think that was pretty cool. And uh, I think the scoring is actually quite excellent in a couple spots here. Me too. There's a couple uh, of Harry Ray Potter comes moments When back though. to Asian Kloss, um well, Ray's theme can kind of have some of those tones to it too. Uh, I think it's great on Tatooine. It's eerie. Um, her saber belt also, on Tatooine is definitely her a, saber is so damn cool. I love it. I love that it's this golden yellow. The ignition switch is fantastic. It's been taunting us that uh, nub on the end of her staff this entire time. It was so clearly a lightsaber. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it just. It's very fitting, and uh, it's nice in that regard. Oh, yeah, we, saw, we saw a couple Ewoks, too. That was kind of a winning moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, yeah, the, the nice tour of the other places is nice. It would have been good. It, 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 it's a little frustrating that it's so Brief. original trilogy, and they don't like do like, yeah. Coruscant and like some of these other places. But, Naboo. I've, I've longed for Naboo. Yeah. I, I wonder what's happening to Naboo lately. George Lucas at least put it at the end of Return of the Jedi. So. Yeah, that's right. Okay, well, for uh, 78 episodes of the podcast, we've been talking about, like, what won the 20. So I'll ask you now, uh, what or who won the saga? So, uh, I mean, Luke Skywalker the is... Saga. He's, he's the ultimate hero of the saga. Does that mean he wins? And and I, you can take this in a really esoteric, symbolic kind of uh, avenue if you want. You know, there's Luke and Han and Leia and Anakin and Rey and oh, Obi-Wan so and Palpatine person and winning the Yoda. Skywalker. Do the fans win the Skywalker saga? Does George Lucas... Do you have a write-in ballot? Oh, geez. Take this like, however the... you like. Oh, geez. Well, George Lucas. Does he, though? Because he does not really... He's not overly the victor in this in this overall story. He's the, he's no, the, he's, the of... he's the tragic hero. Yes. So I don't Much like... like Anakin Skywalker. Right. The character who he based the story on and was not able to finish what he started. It's different, like though, because he doesn't fall. I mean, unless you call the the prequel trilogy his his fall from grace. Uh, you can in certain ways. There are things that are problematic about the prequel trilogy, but to a degree, it was also because he was so successful and the fear of everybody else not wanting to disappoint him. Yeah. And he didn't want to direct those movies. Ron Howard is the reason. Like it, He wanted Ron Howard to do it. And I'm sure he wanted Steven Spielberg to do it because he's said many a times that he's wanted Steven to do essentially anything for him. Right, And so... George Lucas is has had has created the most winning moments for me in all of this. Whether it's the things that he was not involved with that connect so beautifully back to the themes that he created, or the fact that nothing uh, nothing of anything that we could have would be here without him. And so, as much as we the fans win the most, um, what won this it, for me would be George Lucas um, moments wise. Um, my favorite moment in Star Wars, and it is still confirmed even more, is the "You are my brother, Anakin." Uh, yeah. I do. I I think that George Lucas completely does stick the landing with the prequels on that one. I think that's pretty good. I I, I like this idea that you you kind of filled out the metaphor of him being Anakin, and and you kind of yeah, it's good. That's not too bad. I think that if 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 the fans are another winner, then they best represent Luke because they're difficult to please yes. and stubborn and and uh, ambitious ambitious but beyond what they're uh, they don't really know uh, what they're talking about always looking to the future <laughs> not not uh not eyes on the present um uh, so it's so hard to remember all of yoda's lines when they're like all mangled together <laughs> right 
But essentially, yeah, and uh, expectations versus reality and uh, what you get in the later parts of your life versus what you thought of you were going to get as a child. Uh, Mark Hamill's expectations going in. So uh, what I, happens to Luke? It's, it's, it's very paralleled in that regard. I think sure. the real winner um, in, a, in a grander sense is action adventure film in general. They have, won, oh, yes. they have won the most from Star Wars and that is best represented in Han, who is cool as fuck. Yeah, the world wins. Yes. I mean, it's it's been phenomenal. It's uh, provided a lot of fun to so many people, um, and hours upon hours for the the two of us uh, just in doing this podcast. Let alone enjoying the the films themselves. Well, that's the Skywalker saga. Do we have anything to talk about in the news? Oh, so damn little. Okay. Um, the higher public has been pushed from August to January because of COVID. Right. So the publishing of things. Um, but I have actually, I, I, I feel bad, um, but at the same time, it, it's not, I guess, my responsibility to stay interested in something. Um, but I, I, there have been some Star Wars books I've just not been able to get into the last couple. I never, I never finished Master and Apprentice. Uh, I never finished, um, what's the one I started before that? There's two I didn't finish. Yeah. And, uh, but I started the third Thrawn book. Um, and it's been so goddamn easy to get through. Yeah, you love it's, it, it. Yeah, but it, it just shows that, like, they're, as much as Claudia Gray is a fantastic author, uh, and it's Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, it, there's a clear differentiation for me there. This is um, how you write a Star Wars book. It's really being able to be inside the mind of the character. That's what's given Lords of the Sith so much weight, because you got to see kind of the mind of Palpatine and Vader. And all the Thrawn books, seeing inside the mind of Thrawn. Uh, and that's really, I guess, kind of the nice perspective that I've realized that I like about the novels. It's not like the stories that are told aren't necessarily of an epic enough nature to deserve a film. And I think that's great and that you're able to tell have another medium for that. But the benefit of that medium, or at least the thing that I get the most enjoyment out of, I clearly find, is because you get to see that other uh, perspective. It's so it's one of the other, it's one of the rare times in which you get to see a first person perspective almost with an omniscient presence in the galaxy far, far away. And that's really cool because it allows you to almost be more uh, entrenched within it. So that was just, just something I noticed recently uh, and which makes me very excited to read the High Republic books, but makes me also curious to know uh, how the stories will be told. Right. Okay, cool. And so the High Republic books, that's is that a new series that's underway and they're being delayed? Yes, that would be the 200 years prior to The Phantom Menace. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, and so it'd be novels and comics. And so there's a, a release of, I think, there's two novels and, and maybe a couple comics that's the kind of the launch point. And so they push that to, uh, to January next year. Okay. Um, there's also... Uh, Star Wars Tales from Galaxy's Edge. Uh, it's a new action adventure VR game. And so Star Wars is really leaning into some of the VR games, the Vader Immortal stuff, which uh, I didn't play, but I saw some of the YouTube videos and it was very cool. It gave a lot of really rich history to Mustafar. And so as a canon junkie, I really liked. When you say it's a VR game, what platform is that? Is it its own device or is it like a, is it PlayStation they, 2 or PlayStation make them for, 2? PlayStation whoa, 4? Colin. I don't know uh, what that was. There's PlayStation 4. VR, it's its own system entirely, or PlayStation VR, maybe it's not even associated with uh, one of the console numbers, but uh, I believe that it is available for that. I could be wrong. They're initially made for the Oculus oh, okay. uh, series, but generally they come out in a few different models, and so I'm sure like the HTC and 
um, they're on to, like they kind of progress in that regard, but they launch on the Oculus ones that I've noticed in the past. Okay. Uh, and so this one's just kind of a, an opportunity to, I guess, kind of be at Galaxy's Edge and on Batu uh, as if not having a bunch of other tourists around. So this, to be honest, sounds way more interesting sounds than awesome. actually going there. Yeah, that sounds excellent. <laughs> uh, and to be, when you think about it, it would cost like, I don't know, 900 bucks to do that versus what it would probably cost 900 bucks for to just go and get the full experience. I mean, yeah, they're, they're different experiences. They are, they are different yeah. experiences, but, um, I'm gonna have to find a coupon for the real galaxy's edge. Right. A coupon. Yeah. And then there's also, um, star Wars Jedi temple challenge. And so it's a, it's a kid's game show and Ahmed best is hosting it. So that's really cool. Just nice to give uh, Jar Jar an opportunity to, to serve the, the kid fans, which is what he was created for. When does that and, come out? It's, uh, it's a Disney plus. He's show. always been such a, a good sport. Uh, it's actually, it's, um, I don't think it's launching on Disney plus. I think it's on one of the, just like the Disney channels. Oh, okay. And I, I and I'm sure it'll be put on Disney plus after, but I think it's just Disney's channel. I could be wrong, but I, I don't have that written now. And it's coming soon. Uh, yes. I think it starts, uh, this week. Oh, okay. All right. Is that all? Yeah, that's all I got. I want to wish a happy birthday on Friday, May 29th to Sebastian Shaw, who played Anakin Skywalker in Return of the Jedi. Uh, Monday, June 1st, a happy birthday to Gareth Edwards, the director. And next Monday, June the 7th, happy birthday to Liam Neeson and Dave Filoni. It's a good Star Wars birthday. Absolutely. Week. And for God of Cast 1, I don't really have a conventional one, but because we're wrapping up a trilogy and we're, we're wrapping up something even greater uh, right now with the podcast. Um, and, and we're not wrapping up the podcast. <laughs> no, I just mean like we, we've hit a milestone for sure with the Definitely. podcast. Um, for God of Cast 1, rather than picking two new actors, what if I were to posit to you uh, a spinoff that, in fact, could feature both of these actors, but I need you to choose who the prominent story belongs to. So if you got to cast one in a Star Wars spinoff, is it John Boyega or Oscar Isaac? Okay. And presumably they're going to share a story. Like, they're going to both have to be in it because they have so much... Like, if we're going to do a story about one, the other guy has to be in it sometimes. But I want you to tell me whose show it is. Well, that's the thing. If it's going to be a TV show then or I, mean, I guess it doesn't have to be I, I i said it like that but tv well, show it's, or... it's and that's the tough thing because i don't think you can bring those characters he's he's a jedi he, he's going to be trained as a jedi then yeah and of course he's the one i would want to see but then you need to have right daisy ridley and there's ray yeah and then you're not telling this through tv it's episode 10 but is there a good story to tell about Poe, who we just now got a bunch of backstory, which wasn't, it was kind of hastily delivered, but maybe there is a good story about another adventure he has. Maybe. Um, I don't know. To be honest, I, um, and this is, uh, I wouldn't be heartbroken if, if, if Poe's dead by this, by episode 10. Like, yeah. Uh, if, if any of them, like he's not needed. He makes himself less important as this goes on. I mean, he's a general, but he's not a good one. Maybe they should have killed um, Poe in Rise of Skywalker after he's been like kind of troublesome. Like maybe that's his final sacrifice. Maybe that. Oh, been. they could have at a point. Yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't working in that final battle because the stakes just felt weird. But um, yeah, they definitely could have killed Poe in the in the 
a heroic way to potentially earn back some of his honor. Uh, but yeah, I think to be honest, actually, I have been thinking about this, and I, I guess I'm maybe going to put a spin on your your question. But Please do, because it's a weak question. It, 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 for episode ten, if you were to do one and you are able to get back any of the actors you want, I think the ideal situation you may do. I don't know when you do it, but let's say it's done a significant time in the future. Maybe you can age them up even a little bit so they look a little bit older or something. So you can make it seem like more time has passed than even has. Um, but you make John Boyega, the you make Finn the Obi-Wan. Okay. You make you make Ray the Yoda the the Luke. You you have the the main mentor the guide of our of our hero as they start their hero's journey be Finn. Okay. You have Finn be the the Obi-Wan who mentors Luke and, and points him on his direction when they're at their they're at their worst. Um the the Qui-Gon uh slash Obi-Wan sacrificial death at the end of the first movie. Right. Maybe make it at the start of the second movie. So there's the little twist and you don't necessarily see it coming as quick. But um that would be my my uh I guess choice uh, a focus on on Finn really um, as as a Jedi badass. You can give him some like real badass Jedi missions, and then you can have Poe be on the side. But you also at that point, if you're going to make Finn a Jedi, we got to see that in a movie. In which case, then you're going to have to give us those movies, well, uh, and then he's got to live. We actually haven't had such a cool person as as. Uh, John Boyega play a Jedi master like Jedi masters are always either like staunch and serious or whiny and naive and there's a place for both of that in Star Wars but like to see old Finn as like an excellent Jedi master who's like wise and oh, also and also a badass and like and like you know what I mean yeah oh but let's think he'd be kind of like Obi-Wan probably but at a certain point, however old that they would get, you get to a certain serene level. And it's just how Jedi get. The more one with the Force they they are. Uh, but no, I mean, I would it would be awesome to see uh, in 15 years um, Finn being a badass Jedi at a very capable 40 years old. Yeah, that's what like, I mean. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not against that. Uh, it's just it's interesting how you play it because um, maybe you need to do your... Uh, trilogy, and then you can stick a, a prequel uh, TV show so that you kill him in the movies in some way, or don't kill him in the movies and have extended. It's it's interesting with these characters of such weight. Um, when can you use them again? I think they're gonna. I, I I don't think any of them want to. I think they wanted to, and I don't think any of them do anymore. I think that time heals some wounds. It will. But that's the thing. It really depends on how we look back on these films long term. Well, that's the thing. If it's 12 years from now, they'll just bring them back for movies. Well, and like so many people for years and years and years had nothing but negative things to say about the prequels. And a lot of that uh, philosophy still exists, although mm. the, the opinions have kind of grayed a little bit. There's almost nobody who wouldn't be happy to see Hayden Christensen come back to play some version of Anakin Skywalker again. Re Man, reg cool. Regardless of what... what uh, negativity he, he's had to endure mm -hmm. it would be welcome and I, I think the same can be said for for this trilogy which by the way should never oh, yes. should never be as hated as the prequels it's a better trilogy than the prequel trilogy although neither one is perfect uh, it's debatable uh, I think the prequel trilogy is night and day a uh, 10 times better story and the execution and acting is so much better in the sequels I, I think that they 
they balance each other in very significant ways. Like sure. the, the plot holes versus the acting dialogue holes, like uh, the Anakin Padme and attack of the clones. And then you've got Ray with her dagger uh, sort of thing. There's, there's their low points for sure. But again, it's easier to make a prequel plot work. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes. We already had, we already had an yes. end game. We knew where oh, we yeah. were headed. Oh, absolutely. And the reason, the, the main reason as to why I find Rise of Skywalker frustrating is because JJ like completely stuck the landing with the Force Awakens. Yeah. He killed it in bringing it back. He killed it. Yeah. And then. Not everybody feels that way, though. No, but, and, and I get that. And I, uh, but I, to, to a degree, the, the nostalgia thing, and you can look on the Force Awakens and say, yeah, there's some copying points, and, and there are. And. Uh, to be honest, the, the the biggest miss, in my opinion, is actually just how lame blowing up Starkiller Base is. There's just no stakes in Starkiller Base actually blowing up. You don't feel like everything else around it has stakes. Right. Um, but that's not the point. It, it brought the nostalgia back in a way that was the world needed. And yes. then the world complained about it after. Right, that's but true. It brought Star Wars back in, in a very successful way. And I thought Rogue One was just a minor step down. Um, but then I, I feel like every movie has been a step down. Um, I, 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 in certain ways, uh, I, I think the, the Rise of Skywalker may be a more enjoyable movie, uh, but I do think maybe The Last Jedi might be a better movie. Yeah, I kind of think so too. But you're talking about every movie is a step down. I, I no, sorry. I, I mean, since the like. So I, I agree. Last Jedi is better than Solo. Sorry, uh, Rise of Skywalker is better than Solo. Yeah. But um, in terms of, I guess, step down expectation versus reality. Let me sure. put it that way. Well, there's there a lot of it, there's a lot of expectation. We built this podcast on, ooh, there's going to be an episode nine. Yeah, and then Solo was low expectations and and came in at that, whereas this right. was high and came in lower than expected, but way higher than Solo. Because I mean, I, I don't have any like, and that's the thing. This movie, uh, it, it's part of the the Skywalker saga. And I'm excited to figure out some of those little mysteries that just don't make any sense right now. Well, we actually and have a little bit more. That's going to be fun. We have a little more Skywalker saga left for the podcast because we're, we're going to do four episodes, like a little mini season of the podcast uh, based on those final four episodes of The Clone Wars. That's how we're going to tackle The Clone Wars and just in that cinematic finale that they just went through. I still haven't seen them. I'm going to watch them once over as a film and then I'll watch them week by week with you and we'll we'll talk about that starting on uh, the next podcast. In the meantime, if you have any thoughts on everything we've said about uh, Rise of Skywalker or Star Wars in general, uh, please feel free to email us at Recorder66Podcast or tweet us at Recorder66. Uh, you can rate and review on your preferred podcast app. And until we are together again, may the force be with you. Yeah.